Welcome to the Black Men Think Podcast. If this is your first time here, know that the views and opinions expressed by the Black Men Think Podcast are those of the Black Men Think Podcast and not the individual members. With that being said, we're about to be unapologetically, undeniably black. Enjoy. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Black Man Think Podcast. I'm your host, Last Thing Good, a.k.a. JD. And uh, as you already can see, introduce yourself, sir. What's going on, man? How's it going, everybody? I'm Marlon, a.k.a. Motown. Good to be back. Good to be back. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Very much so. So before we dive in tonight, man, make sure y'all hit that subscribe button. Uh, Also, like and Hit hit the comment section. Just start off with the comment section. Let us know your thoughts, man. You're, if this is your first time here, welcome to Black Man Think. So um, prior to starting tonight, Mo and I, you know, in pre-production, we was talking about, man, like what's going on, right? Like what 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 are what what are we dealing with? Yeah. Um, and this word kept popping up. <laughs> uh, the R word is what what we like to call it, and. Um, <laughs> For anyone that is, uh, I'm going to say 35 and up. Mm. There's a reference point for this word. There's a there's a serious reference point. And it's, it's ironic that our age group, right? Mo and I are both pushing 40. Um, but our age group, we are getting ready to head into something that we've seen before. In our adulthood, not in teenage years, not in as a child, no, like as an adult with responsibilities, we are running into what's um, soon to be another recession. Right. That's the R word. Mm. And so I'll say. The last recession, what, 2008, eight ish, something like that was a. a very hard time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in 2000, I'm, I'm just trying to think back 2008 for me, what did 2008 for me look like? Right. So that was, uh, that was a monumental moment. I think for you at, at that point. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I think we were, we were full in grind mode, fresh out of college. Yeah. Um, I think I had already, I had already quit one corporate job. Like I I had quit my first corporate job fresh out of college, which was a 100% sales commission job. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) That that first week check, we used to get paid every week. And I got like that first check. I had like a thousand dollars. And I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be cash money. This is easy. And it didn't go that way. Right. But needless to say, I, I left that job and I think I had started working at another job. Um, and whatever whatever graduation drop, I, I want to see if I can look. What, what year did Kanye graduation drop? Uh, right. Graduation dropped in, I'm looking this up, people. Good morning. Released September 11, 2007. Mm. Now, you may ask yourself, why did I ask when did graduation drop? Well, Graduation dropped the day I got fired from my corporate job. I remember this very vividly because I got fired and I went to Target and I bought graduation. Wow. 
Yeah, I remember that. Like because it was it was a, a Tuesday. I believe I got fired on a Tuesday. And you know, at that time all albums dropped on a Tuesday. Right. right. Um, and so I remember this because I got fired and I left and was like, all right, well, Kanye West graduation. I've graduated, is is on and popping now. Music full steam ahead. And mm-hmm. and um uh let, let's just say 2007, 2008 was probably some of the hardest years <laughs> of my life but um yeah. very very tough time but i sell that to say that that was our first recession that we can remember you know as adults um it's funny because i have a reference different reference point <clears throat> okay at that time and it reminds me of gas lines mm. and waiting in line when there were gas shortages and those prices were skyrocketing. <clears throat> Man, I can remember, you know, this is back when I was, you know, living in Vinings. Okay. So me, Ace, Brian, and Tori next door, you were up there just as much almost like, like you were. <laughs> like I lived there. Like you lived there. <laughs> right. Um, but then there was like you go straight down paces, and at the end of paces, there was this BP is right right across mm-hmm. from Kroger down there. Right across from Lassiter's where we used to go. Yep. And I remember coming from, you know, south, like Kyle Parkway from coming from the city, uh, uh, like looking for gas, like, you know, people selling out, all this kind of stuff. And so I'm like, oh, cool. This gas station got gas. So I'm, I'm going to take a left into this gas station. So I <laughs> right. pull in like hard, like, okay, boom, found it. But we about to get this gas. Bro. And then all of a sudden I hear, no, 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 on my window. I was like, yo. And so I like cracked my window. I was like, yo, what you want? He was like, listen. He said, I'm keeping it 100 with you. He was a white dude. He was like, I came over here. I'm a pastor. I came over here. So those people back there don't come over here and shoot you. I was like, what you talking about, bro? He was like, there's a line going all the way down the road. It goes around the curve. I was, I like, I was looking around the corner. I was like, oh, snap. He was like, they wanted to come over here and fight you. But I'm coming over here because I told him, calm down. Let me tell him that he just cut in front of 40 people who were waiting for gas. Wow. Bro. Never heard this story, by the way. Bro, I was like, chill. I didn't see the line. I will back up and go get in the back of the line. It's all good. And no, like, and I looked out and it's like people standing outside, like, like ready. Like ready. ready. <laughs> Bro, I didn't know what I had just pulled up on. And you know, so I get out, I go get in the back of the line. It takes an hour and a half Wow, to get gas. Thankfully, I made it. And then when I looked back, when I left, I was headed back up uh, West Paces, headed back yeah. up towards the apartment. And it had gone all the way past the QT, past where Mihans was, um, basically almost up, you know, up the hill, headed towards the Chick-fil-A. Wow. I was like, this is crazy. But yeah. Wow. I remember I remember that time, like trying to find gas, like, you know, and, and I believe it, it happened a couple of times. But I do remember that that one time where it was everyone was saying, like, yo, gas is about to go to like four dollars. Yeah. Now, mind you, right now, people are kind of used to spending, um, you know, between three and four bucks for gas. But we're talking about a time when gas was maybe the highest Maybe 150. Yeah, I was thinking like 175. 170, 180-ish. Yeah. You know, it wasn't two dollars. I know that it wasn't two dollars. But we're talking about like overnight gas went from 
let's say 179 mm-hmm. to like 425 overnight. And we're talking about people like, yo, what's what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. people scrambling, trying to get gas. Like you said, that that was a I didn't know that that happened to you um, at all. I didn't know that. that I, I guess I'm saying this is the first time I'm hearing that story. But I do remember that time when gas was just, you know, out of hand. Um, but we say all that to say we're prefacing this by saying um, and this is not to scare anyone, but if you are not in the know or if you're not paying attention it's coming right and so now that we're older and we have more you know more more money better jobs all of that stuff and we're more prepared i believe um so this episode i believe it'll be a good opportunity to talk you know how do we prepare ourselves for a recession what should we be doing um, and things to, you know, kind of look out for in, in this. And, and, and also let's preface this by saying like, yo, we're not financial advisors or anything like that. We're just common people to that's letting, oh, you know, homeboys letting y'all know like, yo, this is what we're going to do. So, you know, if y'all want to take this advice, by all means do it, but definitely consult with, the people you need to consult with, but we're just giving you our perspective on it. So, uh, Mo. Yes, sir. Um, what's the first thing you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, man, bro, we're trying to decrease these, uh, egg purchases over here. I know that much. Uh, bro, what, what, first of all, eggs, eggs, eggs. Why are eggs so expensive? Why eggs? Like, and granted, everything is going up, but the grocery store has, has is tripping, bro. No, eggs are crazy because we eat a lot of eggs too, right? Okay. Like, we eat a lot of eggs, and particularly my wife, she pretty much eats like boiled eggs for breakfast every day. Like, that's her thing. She she likes to eat boiled eggs. Gotcha. And I and I like eggs too, right? I don't I don't particularly like boiled eggs, but I do like eggs. And so we buy them by you know by the eighteen. You know, it's normal for us to get an 18 pack of eggs and we pretty much go through that within, you know, a week. Let's just say a week, probably not a week, but, you know, for the sake of the conversation, a week. And I mean, dude, I've seen eggs at the store for like almost ten dollars. That's that's wild, bro. And, And I don't have a clue. I don't know why eggs, you know are going up the way that they are. Um, but what I do know is if eggs are super high price, then, you know, the other commodities like, you know, the essentials, milk, bread, they're, you know, they're, they're going to go up too. Right. And I think a lot of this stuff is just testers trying to really see, yeah. okay, what are people willing to pay? Um, because it's all about supply and demand, right? That's, that's basic economics. And so, if they price it at five and six bucks and people continue to buy at five and six bucks, then that tells the market that, Oh, okay. The demand is still there. We can keep up in this price. It's all about when we stop. And unfortunately eggs are staples in a lot of homes. You know what I mean? That, that people eat eggs, bro. If it ain't, if it's not for breakfast, it's for lunch or, you know, they're putting it in something pies, cakes, 
all of those things. So eggs are being used and I, I don't know, man, between gas and eggs, bro. Like, <laughs> we'll be at the house. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I jokingly say eggs, but I mean, honestly, to answer your question, first thing that I'm doing, um, we're assessing a way to create multiple streams of income. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, for us, I think one of the things that we, uh, you know, and I say we, my wife and I, um, one of the things that we want to dive deeper in and honestly feel like the looming potential for a recession may create an opportunity for is to expand our real estate portfolio. Gotcha. Um, you know, so we own a home. We actually own a rental property as well, uh, which is our previous home. And, you know, timing wise, we're kind of watching a lot of the trends. Now, interest rates are stupid right now. Yeah, they're going to yeah. continue to go up. So it seems, but um, the reality is the price of property value may end up decreasing at some point. Yeah. Um, and availability may also shoot through the roof, depending on, you know, if we really dive into a recession and really get to the point where right. the effects of the recession are, you know, af affecting people's jobs and, and people's property and ability to remain in their homes and that type of thing, uh, which is extremely unfortunate. Um, but I think, you know, at one point in my life, I would have been on the victim side of things like that. Right. And in a different phase of life, I'm trying to position myself to level up, honestly. Um, you know, and, and people do that in different ways. They do it with stocks, they do it with, mm -hmm. you know, all kind of stuff. But for us, it's real estate. And so it's really kind of looking at um, property opportunities, locations, um, and just trying to continue stacking on what we currently have. Have and finding the right scenarios um, so that they can bring in um, passive income, you know, right? Um, but also kind of set us up for a long-term legacy, um, earlier retirement. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, I mean, I'm 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 tired of working. I'm gonna go ahead and keep it real with you. Like I'm 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 good on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel to, you. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've worked enough. Yeah. You know? And I say that as a young man. So um, I got, I'm giving ourselves five, 10 tops um, where we are. And, and I'm, I'm saying 10, very, very, like I couldn't control some of that. Gotcha. Really yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I like to be thinking about, Hey, I think I'm okay. I think I'm, I can retire at least from corporate world and day to day. Uh, day to day and begin yeah. to manage properties and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I hear that, man. That's, that's excellent, bro. Because uh, something key that you said was, um, you know, at one point in time you may have been a victim of, and, you know, and, and I think about, you know, back in 2008, 2007, when interest rates were extremely low, but also, you know, banks were just throwing money at people to buy homes. Mm. And while the homes were not that expensive, I just didn't have the mindset to buy a home back then. I didn't have the mind. You know, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just like, you know, I got, you know, uh, I was more so thinking about, you know, I kind of want to get married first before I buy a crib. Sure. Not not really thinking about, man, if I would have bought a crib in 2006, 2007, uh, you know, <laughs> would have been. 
would have been sitting pretty pretty right about now. You, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, of course, you can't go back and change the past, but what you can do is learn from it, right? And so looking at how some of those things happened back then, just being more prepared now, right? Am, am I tired of working? I'm not necessarily tired of working. Um, however, the option, right? I want to be in a position where I have the option to go or not go. Right now, I don't have the option to go or not go, right? Like, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, I don't have to go, but yeah. things would be different, right? You know what I mean? Like, as adults, we accumulate certain things that we want to want to continue to maintain. And the only way to maintain those things is about, you know, we got to make some money. <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. capitalism at its finest, but also uh, it's just being realistic. The position that you put yourself in. Um, you know, you can make those changes and become like a minimalist type person, or you can keep doing what you're doing and, and figure out ways to elevate from that. So um, I don't necessarily want to retire, but I definitely want to have the option of like right now I work four days a week. Yeah. I can't even fathom working five days a week. Like at this point, in my, I can't even fathom that. And my wife works three days a week. And I'm really trying to, like, figure out how we can bump that down, bump her down to two and bump me down to three. Or, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just being realistic. Like, that's that's what we're doing. So um, my wife and I, we started a vending um, business back in 2021. And, you know, we, we've, we've been working out the kinks and figuring things as we go. And uh, we have um, – an opportunity that that has arise um, very recently, and so we're we're going through the due diligence process of expanding our business, and uh, hopefully everything works out. But you know, just looking at that because it's a type of business. While it does take work, it is somewhat semi passive, right? Like I don't have to go to this place every day. Yeah. Like I literally, one of the locations that we have, I, I will say I go there every two weeks. And I spend about an hour in there every two weeks. Just kind of resetting it, getting items back in. Resetting, maintaining, you know. And now, don't get me wrong. There's some things that come along with that. At one of our locations, we have a coffee contract. So we kind of have to keep an eye on, on that a little bit more. So, right. you know, that might be once a week as opposed to twice a month. But anyway, it goes, bro. Like, I'm going to most locations one to two times a month or you know two excuse me two to four times a month for 30 minutes to an hour so you do the math yeah. you know what i mean and 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 so what a normal work week would look like where i'm putting in 30 to 40 hours a week or more i'm i'm cutting that down to like four hours mm -hmm. and so you know the goal is if we can make our business replace one income mm. then we've we've done our job like if Absolutely. our small business can replace one income then we essentially go from a three income household you mm. know what i mean and yeah. if we if we keep that same mentality then you know we're, we're just we're just trying to accumulate and and once we accumulate figure out a way to move on like I, i've been watching a lot of videos bro a lot of videos of these people who show you how business really works right and one thing that's consistent that that we've seen is like this is what we should be doing right as 
mid thirties, early forties, people that have, you know, good to decent jobs and have accumulated some type of capital. Mm. The one thing that we can do that all of the billionaires in the world have done mm -hmm. and continue to do is buy businesses of people of the boomers who are getting ready to retire. Mm. Interesting. Like, so the thing is, right. We all know somebody that's 60. That's tired of doing it. That feel like us, but they're really tired because they've worked an extra 20 years. Mm. And so, you know, these could be, and, and it's like buying like the boring jobs, bro. Like the boring mm. jobs. So like the plumbers, you know, the people that own the HVACs, the people that like carpenters, yeah. you know, the people that do flooring. And, you know, we think about, we, our mindset is completely different than our parents. Our parents created jobs so that they can work every day. So they have to work for somebody else. We look at that and say like, no, that's a business. Mm -hmm. So you buy those people businesses, right? Who are, who are ready to ride off in the sunset. You go in and you figure out a way to improve their business, improve their customer base, add value, up your price. And mm. then in five years, two to five years, sell the business. Mm. You know what I mean? So you yeah. buy it from, you buy it from somebody who's ready yeah. to get out. You improve on it. You increase mm -hmm. your prices. And then, and, and then when you three X that business, three, four X that now you sell it. So say you buy something for, I don't know, 30,000 mm -hmm. and you improve upon it and do what you need to do. And in three years, you sell it for a hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. It has made 70 and now you rinse and repeat and do that. You know what I mean? And, and so it, I mean, of course that's not everybody's, no, everybody's not going to do that, right. but it's an opportunity that we can easily do right now. And it, and it doesn't really cost us a lot. You don't have to go in and take over someone else's job. And now you got to do all the physical work. Like, no, just think about it, bro. Like everything is automated now. Anyway, mm -hmm. this person has been doing the work for 20, 30 years. Tell them like, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy your business, but I want you to continue working for like two or three more years. Yeah. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to show you how to improve upon that, but keep doing what you're doing. I've already bought your business, but you keep working for two or three more years. Mm -hmm. For somebody that's been working 30 years, they're, they're not thinking about two or three more years. Right. You keep working, but in the meantime, I'm buying your business, so you're getting paid extra. Every time. So like by the time you're retiring, now you got an extra instead of the 30,000 that you were going to sell it mm -hmm. for. I gave you $40,000. So now you feel even more like, oh, man. I... And they're going off in the sunset. And now in that time period, you've already improved the business. Now you can turn around and sell it to somebody else. Interesting. It's the same thing that people do with real estate. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's, that's extremely similar. And I, I've never even considered that approach mm -hmm. um but it is clear as day in real estate because what you're doing you're either really one of two things you're you're finding the properties that you buy at low cost you add to, to the value and then you let it sit and rise in value mm -hmm. uh, and resell and basically keep flipping and you know kind of building on that and doing the same thing with the next property the next property and eventually those resale values may you know give you a property and a half and then a property and, and, you know, or two properties, you know, um, duplexes, you know, you definitely want to find that definitely oh, find that multi. I, that's every time I'm driving through Bruh. downtown, <laughs> but like, you know, 
Hollowell. Every time I'm back up there, bro, I, I got to find a duplex, bro. I got I have oh, yeah. to find a multi-unit uh, home, a multi-unit site, because if I can find one at the same cost that I would spend on a single family home, come on, man. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? I passed one today on the court. I was like, man, I want to knock on the door so bad. I just want to see if, it, if it's for sale, you know? Um, but there will come a time where some of those units will become available and I want to mm -hmm. be at the table. Um, so, you know, again, you can flip it or, you know, really from our standpoint, I think we're looking for, um, at least we're in a phase where we're looking for properties to hang on to gotcha. long-term. Um, so we want to build that portfolio up. We want to find um, properties that bring back a considerable amount of income per month um, so that we can pay the property off uh, quicker, you know, really looking at 15 year loans um ideally i would say ideally yeah loans. um but we also want a profit margin every month um that we can pull in and have some flex spending with and or um, a profit margin that can go towards the next you know right so, right um you know i we're a fan of that and it really kind of came into that with where we at now with the, with the one we have but that that was coming off the heels. All I can say is, bro, I'm glad we didn't sell that house. That's all I can say, man. Like, bro. I, at one point I wanted to, I, I think you were the only person saying, mm, oh, no. oh, hold on to it. Hold, no. on, you know? <laughs> hold on to it. But I see the vision now, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, just kind of want to keep building on that, man. I, I'd like to have a property for sure for every child at minimum, you know, if not more, if not double that. And like, yeah. see if I can get my hands on those multi-unit um, you know, locations, then definitely want to do that. But it's properties. And then honestly, it's just assessing what you have in liquidity, you know, and uh, yeah. that that's for me, that's kind of preparing for things to come. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, the one thing I can truly say is, and, and of course, this is not everyone's story. Like everyone's situation is different. Um, but I would say personally is you, you can't fear the recession because anyone that is like we said 2008. So we're looking at 15 years. Right. And this will will probably all of the the scholars and, and people that really study this stuff is saying that we should be in a recession by the end of this year. And it'll probably run until 2024. That's that's what people are, you know, uh, forecasting, mm -hmm. you know, fourth quarter 2023 mm -hmm. to probably third quarter up into fourth quarter of uh 2024 okay. um and and so but the thing is this happens all the time right it, and and what happens is it's wasteful a lot of a lot of people get money mm -hmm. and then they they buy a lot of stuff they don't need it's just that's that's the keep it as blanketed statement as possible people get money they buy a lot of things they don't need therefore the economy just has to break it's it just it, it is what it is when you have people that become millionaires and they spend their millions on stuff that they don't need eventually <laughs> you know what i mean the system breaks and, and it has to reset itself and it's something that's going to happen every 10 to 15 20 years for the rest of time it, it's just it always happens you know what i mean but I think now we have an opportunity back in 2008, we could have mm -hmm. been, we could have been ahead of the curve and bought property. Right. I think now 
there's an opportunity to get ahead of the curve by property. Um, you know, I, I, what I will say is right now is probably not the best time to quit your job. Correct. Um, even if you hate your job, I mean, if you hate your job, quit, but before you quit, find another job. I'll just say that. Right. And, and the only reason why I say that is because it's going to get tough for a lot of people, right? Especially people who are not financially sound and haven't took care of their finances properly. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to hurt a lot of people. And, but, you know, that's why I would suggest don't, don't quit your job, so to speak. Now, now, if you can find something that's better, by all means, find something that's better. But before you quit, you need to have a, a real plan in place because it's going to dry up out here. It's really going to dry up and we need to to be more prepared. So I would express to everyone, instead of quitting your job, get a side hustle. Mm. Just get a side hustle, something that's not going to take a lot of your time, but can bring in some money for you. So whatever that side hustle is legally legal legal side hustle <laughs> legal side hustle but yeah. get find you a a a side hustle that what you can you can bring in some money bro like i don't care if it's an extra you know extra 50 dollars here and there like but find something that's going to bring in money so if you were to lose your job or if you're one of those people that get fired because people will get fired um you'll have something already in motion to where you can you can kind of somewhat stay afloat in the process you know, I was thinking um, before you even said that another thing that people should pay a lot of attention to right now um, in terms of where they work, what's going on at their job and what's going on in their field um, is key opportunities to level up where you are. Mm -hmm. um, coming out of the pandemic, the, the, the hiring landscape has changed and I, I believe it's changed forever Yeah, um, where people don't want to work they don't have to work because they've learned that either I don't need to be there. You want me there to micromanage or you want me there to maintain the real estate property that you've sold, but I'm more mm. productive at home. As a matter of fact, I've learned that I can do what I do without you. You know, and <clears> I, I can, that's I a big one. I've, I've become <laughs> a consultant in my field. I've become, uh, you know, an independent contractor as you know, X, Y, Z, and, and people have not come back to the office because they realize that the pandemic taught us that the expertise belonged to the people. Yep, 100%. And it's it's so interesting to see. But what I'm realizing is this is also a great opportunity if you're someone who's wired to you know, be attached to a company, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with yeah, yeah. you know, whatever works for you. Um, it's either a great time for you to level up at a new um, place that because mm -hmm. vacancies are far and wide. They are just available. People are taking chances on hiring folks. Um, people are hire, hiring quicker, you know, quicker, faster, um, less qualified, um, just more ambitious. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, and willing to accommodate at all costs. Yeah. Just to fill the role. Um, so you have an opportunity to try something new. Um, you do have an opportunity to learn something and take time learning something. Now, everywhere, this is not a cookie cutter approach. So you gotta, you gotta do your research. You gotta know what you're dealing oh. with. You know, oh yeah. Company <laughs> history. And, and, and granted, you need to know if that company is sustainable. Um, yeah. In the nonprofit world, for instance, um, you know, I'm familiar with a space where the sustainability will not be affected by a recession. It wasn't affected by the last. Um, and, you know, 
thankfully I'm working currently for a space where in 25 years, there's only been one year in the red. And that was the first recession um, that gotcha. we saw that we referenced earlier. But even then there were not layoffs. You know, there was a plan in place to get back into the green and since has been sustainable and has even taken steps to set up endowments and so on and so forth. So I pay attention. Um, I'm like, okay, it's not always comfortable. It's not always easy. It's not always right. ideal. But in the climate, the current climate that we're in, it's kind of a smart decision. But what I can do is chart a path to leveling up where I'm at. Mm -hmm. And that does two things. That also keeps me in a sustainable place. It brings in more income, maybe more leverage, um, you know, more um, flexibility, um, but also sets my resume up nice where when I need to move, it's more attractive. So uh, I'm going to piggyback off of that one because full transparency, man, I was having a I was having a rough time at work. Not. I was just bored. I think that's what it was. I was bored and I wasn't being challenged because, right. you know, I was doing a lot of work that felt like um, it felt like busy work. You know that like when you're in school and you get busy work when the teacher is like out of town and mm -hmm. the substitute come in and they're having you do like something just to do it. And, you know, you know, I, I started expressing. I was like, man, this I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And, you know, what I did was start carving out a space of the things that I did like and things that I did enjoy. And then I started being a little more assertive um, at, at my job. So instead of looking at it like, man, I don't really want to be here. Like, no, you know what? there's an opportunity here to do something that nobody else is doing. So mm -hmm. insert yourself in those places. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so I started inserting myself in those places and like basically saying, this is what I want to do. And, and I'm just going to do this. Um, and what you find out is there's nobody else that want to do it. Mm -hmm. So because you want to do it, you make yourself favorable in the eyes of, you know, your, your employer. And, um, you know, so being assertive, number one, but also getting the tools and the training that you need. Right. So big key. Yep. When when someone sees they're like, OK, cool, we want you to do this. And, and don't get me wrong, bro. Like a lot of the stuff that I do at my current job is self-taught. Self-taught is frowned upon in the corporate world. They don't get that part. No, they don't. They don't get that. So to them, it looks like you're just BSing on the job which is not, you know, that's not the case. Some stuff that like, bro, we just live in a world where we grew up on the internet. Right. We grew up on the internet and we also know what it, the world is like, not with the internet. And so we know how to merge both worlds together. So it's nothing for us to sit on YouTube for like two hours and figure out something and be like good to go, right? But the rest of the corporate world doesn't operate that way. So if you're in a corporate setting and you can tell them how to do something, but you don't have any credentials on how you did that, they're going to look at it like, oh, you just you guessed and figured that out. So when they tell you that, like, OK, we need you to go to training. I don't care how boring that training is. I don't care. Go and get that certification, bro. I don't care if you know how to operate camera from front to back. Go and get the camera certification that they're paying for, because what that does is that amps up your LinkedIn page. Mm -hmm. So now they've paid for all of your skills. Right. But those skills belong to you. Facts. Right. And now, now your your LinkedIn page, your resume is being built off of their resources. So whenever there's an opportunity for you to move or if there's an opportunity for you to get a promotion where you're at, 
now you have the credentials there to get that promotion or to move to something else. And that company paid for it. So, you know, look at it as, you know, you have to really shift your mindset and look at it as an opportunity to expand your, your, your skill set off of their dime on their dime, you know, 100%. And, and companies are making strides and efforts to provide those opportunities because they want something attractive to draw employees at a time where employees are few and far. Mm -hmm. Um, You can leverage that opportunity to expand your company's um, access or free access, I should say, to the employee where they're saying, hey, we have a subscription at um, for for in my world, um, there is a, a place, a resource for countless trainings in nonprofit called the Georgia Center for Nonprofits. Hmm. Um, we have a subscription and, you know, I'm watching our organization and others, um, you know, say now what used to be accessible only to senior leadership or only to full time employees hmm. is accessible for all. So even your entry level employees have at it we want you to develop we want you to because companies are realizing they're spending more money churning through people hiring the wrong people over and over having to let them go oh yeah oh yeah fast so now they are trying to become more attractive they're trying to develop you from within so that eventually they can promote you from within because it costs a lot of money to to hire fire you know rehire Mm -hmm. somebody leaves rehire rehire that costs your organization your company's tons of money and it's interesting seeing those trends, but to your point, go sit in that boring class that you know how to do the job back, <laughs> back and forth. Like you've yep. done it for the last 10 years. Now go get the paperwork for it. Yep. You know? And the paperwork comes, guess what? In four online sessions that are three hours each. Yep. And then you have a certification <laughs> and something that you know how to do as an expert, but now the paper and the title is attached to that. Yep. Um, so that other people know for sure. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's, you're speak. I'm speaking to me, and you're speaking to me yep. because I was the stubborn one. It's just like, bro, what am I, fam? I've been doing this same thing for like <laughs> for a year. You want yeah. me to go and get training on this? What I've been doing for a year? All right, cool. Go and do it. You know, and that's it. I will say for me, someone that's more like a, a more. I'm more of an entrepreneur than a worker, but I have to learn when to be a worker. And that's some of the hardest things to do because you know that you can create, I can create out of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that is a skill set that I have. Like, I don't worry about losing a job. I don't, you know, I have to think about it more now because I have a family. When it was just me, there was no words. I was like, cause I know, I know how to get money. I know how to figure out a way to make money. That's never been a hard thing for me, but you know, when working within a corporate system, you got to learn how to play the game. And that's part of the game is getting the credentials, dude. Like you just, you got to, you got to do it. There's no way around it. And so um, that's, that's been a learning curve for me because a lot of stuff I am self-taught, bro. Like it's just, I, I can't explain how certain things, you know, come to me, but they don't care about that self-taught at all. They, <laughs> and I've seen it firsthand, bro. Like firsthand, just like, all right, that's cool, but yeah, can you um, can you take this class and and get the training? So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm on that board now. Go ahead and and, and not really worrying about the outcome. I'm kind of thinking about what you're saying is like, get it. So now that you have the expert expertise, you've been doing it yourself, and now you have the credentials to match. So mm-hmm. now you have that backing. You have that corporate backing to say like, 
No, no, I've been on the job doing it for 10 years and I and I'm certified for it too. So experience that, and certification. Yeah, experience and certification. So now there's no if, ands, or buts, like it's all here. So when I tell you that I'm an expert in this field, now it it means something. It holds some weight. And going going back to what you said about the hiring and firing, put it like this. A company would rather give you a ten to twenty thousand dollar promotion than to go and hire somebody else to and pay them fifty, sixty thousand dollars just to fire them six months later, and then they got to go and hire somebody else and pay them, you know, forty, fifty. You know what I mean? Like they would much rather give you the extra ten because it's cheaper. <laughs> I just say fifty thousand dollars by giving you a giving you a promotion that you're going to be happy about. You're going to be happy about that promotion. And we just saved $50,000 this year. And candidates are going to come in hotter and hotter in terms of what they're asking for. Yep. You know, you somebody going to 45K, the next one guaranteed is going to be asking for 52 and so on and so forth. And, and you're going to be forced to pay it because you, you need to fill the role. It's just. Yeah, you got to fill the role. Yeah. Um, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Um, so, okay, let's summarize. Um, number one. Get you a side hustle. We'll just leave it at that. Get you a side yep. hustle. That's it. Yep. Um, if you're with working within your corporate field, get all the training that your job will pay for. Mm-hmm. Anything that they'll pay for, go ahead and get all the training. Uh, number three, look to get into real estate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get you some real estate. Number four, um, if you have the capital, even if you don't, we'll have. We, we, this is another episode. But just a tidbit, you don't have to have the money to um, to buy a business. You don't have to have it. Find the business that you want to buy first, and then you'll figure out the funding later. There's a lot of different tools out there. You can Google and find them out. But um, you don't have to have like the. In fact, I would I would strongly suggest don't use your money to buy any of this stuff. The Correct. same way that you go to the bank and and get money to buy a home. Do go to the bank and get money to buy a business or do all of this stuff. Utilize the funding that's there because they're using your money. That $40,000 that you got in the bank, they're using every red cent of that to reinvest it somewhere else. So use their own game. Go and borrow the money and you know buy the business, buy the home, make the improvements. And then when you sell, Guess what? You made money off of the free money that, you know, yes, you're paying interest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we get that. But you didn't your your nest egg is still sitting, sitting pretty. And you can add on to your nest egg while borrowing the money. So facts. Yeah, that's just that's just free. That's free. Y'all don't have to pay us for any of that. But if you do want to pay us, here's an easy way to do that. Go to our Patreon account right now. Go to our Patreon, join our Patreon, get bonus content. It costs you a very little small amount of money. Even in a recession, it's not going to be much. It's just like what? Instead of buying that carton of eggs, you know, subscribe to the Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) One less carton of eggs uh, um, a month. That's all. One less carton of eggs. And and here's the fun fact. There's actually a free preview right now on on, uh, Patreon. So you can go there now. You can get you a seven-day free preview of the Black Man Think podcast Patreon account. So if you love the content there, free trial, seven days, enjoy. And if you love what you see in there, just go ahead and let it roll and, um, you know, pay for the subscription. But there it is. Yeah, that's it. Any Anything else, Mo? No, man. 
No, that, that turned into a good one. Hopefully people are listening. Yeah, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So we don't have three people here to do our closing, but we can say um, um, I'm drawing a blank on Come the closing. On, think or stink. I'm going to start it for you. Think or stink. Do or do. Don't be anybody else. Just be you. Black Man Think Podcast. That's it. Yeah. I think we got it. We got it. All right. The Black Black Men Men Think Think Podcast. Podcast.